Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, go to PCAPaintEd.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all you non-members out there, sign up for our free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the Apple Store and Google Play. In today's podcast, we feature an episode from Ask a Painter Live with Nick Slavic. In this episode, Nick kicks off his seasonal series, Mastering the Basics, and talks about goal setting and review meetings. Hey, everybody. This is the Ask a Painter Live show. It is a weekly show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and the like, uh, where I use my almost three decades of experience as a master craftsperson, a paint business owner, and just a lover of all things tradesy to kind of show you what the life is. And uh, we go deep on coding science. We go deep on processes, systems, business, entrepreneurship. And today is a special kind of like late year mastering the basics show about GSRs, goal setting and reviews. Typically what I do at the start of every year When everybody's got a little more time to work on their business, I go through an entire series of shows called Mastering the Basics. They're some of my most viewed shows every year. I usually kick it off with something like an actual painting thing, which is like cabinet and trim enameling and the science of it. Then we go through proven processes and then we go through um, SOPs. Then we go through job costing and I basically go down my list, my steps to professionalization and do an entire deep dive show on each one of those things. And uh, today I've had something top of mind. Now, this is the Ask a Painter live show from uh, this last week. I have been so insanely busy uh, pouring my time into my people, getting ready for goal setting and review meetings, doing them, kicking off the quarter, and then celebrating some big wins. This is actually the most delayed Ask a Painter live show I have ever done. Typically I do them on Friday and Saturday. This should have been last Friday. So you guys are going to be just deluged with a show today. And I'm going to do one later this weekend or early next week to catch up. This is show 332. The next show is show 133, triple threes. That means for 333 consecutive weeks without missing, I have broadcasted live about this business, my life, this industry, and other things like that. So it has been an absolute blast with all this stuff. Um, Okay, hold on a second. We're getting some low sound here. Let me just make sure. Give me a second here. I'm broadcasting from the the fancy road mic here, and uh, sometimes there's a connection issue. So let me fire this up and see what we got here. From the fancy road mic here, and uh, sometimes there's connection issues. So... All right. Well, I hate to say this, but all right, we're folding the internet in on itself. So sounds like you need to turn your, uh, Phil, sounds like you need to turn your phone up or your uh, computer here. So, okay, there we go, Phil. It's better now. Uh, Nice. It's uh, for our friends down in Iowa. There's a volume button on your computer that you could just pick. So Phil, you know how much we love you. And we like giving uh, Minnesotans and Iowegians uh, guff sometimes like that. So Um, All right. So today, special late year mastering the basics, goal setting and reviews. I have been getting tons of requests organically for how do you review employees? What do you talk about? What's the format? Uh, How do you tie it to compensation and benefits? I'm going to show you everything. We are a data heavy company, but a practical, simple, user friendly data company. I'm going to show you every single little bit of that and how I connect it all to one of the simplest 
goal setting and review meeting templates you will ever see. And if you would like it, of course, Nick at NickSlavic.com and I will send you mine. Uh, first of all, uh, I want to go through some uh, master's class stuff. I have a ton of master's classes coming up. Um, later on, uh, about two weeks from now, I am doing one of the most unique special master's classes I have ever done. Um, a company is flying to Minnesota and they're going to spend three days with me and I am going to give them every single master's class in person in my hometown. I'm going to show them my shop. They're going to attend uh, my leadership team meeting. We're going to have dinners. We're going to have drinks. We're going to do all this stuff. I have never once given every single master's class I have. There's probably 10 plus of them and uh, I've never given them all at once. And this is going to be mass data, but this company is serious about professionalizing professionalizing and doing good in 2023. And, and uh, I am here to support them. And I will customize a lot of my stuff just for them. We can go deep dives on their company. So that's coming up in a couple of weeks. That is not open to the public. Uh, that is private for that company. Um, November 4th, this is it folks, the big one, kind of like uh, the big homecoming show. Um, toward late in the year, I usually team up with Sherwin-Williams and they've actually teamed up with me and Graco. We have the world headquarters of Graco here in Minnesota. And Friday, November 4th, we are giving a master's class at the Graco's world uh, headquarters where we're going to see the robots. Uh, we're going to do all sorts of tours of the factory. There's going to be Graco people there. All our friends from Sherwin are going to be there. Uh, lunch is served. And I'm going to give master's classes to the people in my home country here. So it's going to be awesome. Now, I do this really cool. This just happened by chance, but I'm doing a kind of upper Midwest tour here. Um, uh, Friday, November 18th, Nebraska, Nebraska, Friday, November 18th, we are going to be at the, uh, Liberty first credit union arena, uh, pretty big place there. That's going to be awesome. Um, Milford, Ohio, Friday, December 2nd at little Miami brewing company, Michigan to go see my friends, uh, Ms. Fink and, uh, uh, and some friends up there, uh, Mr. Bradley Ellison as well too, uh, Michigan. Michigan, December 9th, Friday, December 9th, location to be determined. So here's what we have coming up. Private in Minnesota, public one in Minnesota at the Graco World Headquarters. If you're interested in that, contact your Sherwin-Williams rep. We have Nebraska, November 18th. We have Ohio, December 2nd. We have Michigan, December 9th. Then I should probably take some time off because by that time, the pheasant hunting's still going on, but the deer hunting's usually over, and now it's spearing for northern pike here. So I probably should take some time off with my family and do that stuff. So, all right, as usual, people, uh, we're going to deep dive into this. I'm going to try to be as brief as possible because you guys know talking and at an hour at length is not difficult for me, but I also want to make these shows consumable for you. But you can ask any questions you want. I am absolutely uh, okay with that, uh, but I am going to get some information out first here. So let's see if there's anything pressing before I go. Uh, Thomas Powell, is this live? How dare you? This is Ask a Painter Live, my friend. I go live all the time. There's a little red live button up in the corner, and I see you guys watching. You are listening to me in real time. There's about a second and a half delay. Uh, yeah. Do, do, do. Anthony Cade in the mountains. Probably watch later. No problem. Anthony, you're always a good, uh, faithful, faithful, uh, faithful listener here. Uh, oh, I tell you what, guys. I'm going to... I'm going to ditch my wife. We'll see if that uh, if that clears up. So give me just a second here. And do, 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 do. all right, let's see if the connection clears up. And I'll make sure when I, uh, yeah, I think we might be better here. So yeah, I'll go from cell service from my tablet here. 
that'll probably be better. So, all right, guys, I will check in in a little bit here. Do, 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 do. But we're going to talk about goal setting and review meetings. Holy mama, that picture cleared up. There we go. We are good. So goal setting and review meetings. Number one, why are they important? Um, this is something that I've had to come to terms with that I didn't wish existed, which is there will always be this kind of glass wall, barrier, uh, ceiling, divider between the person who owns the company and writes the paychecks and the people who get the paychecks. And I wish that didn't happen, but I understand why. There are a ton of horrible employers out there who underpay their people, do not care for them, are not flexible, do not understand family time, um, and then just ask the world of these people. And when people come to my company, just like when we go in for an estimate, contractors have a bad name. Uh, they have a bad reputation of being crooks. Employers have a bad reputation of not being good to their employees. So when we go in for an estimate, it's way less about selling our services. It's more about gaining the trust. And I feel like I have people who are very gun shy. They got their sword and their shield up when they come to my company because there's no reason for them to believe I'm a good employer. Like on the outset, it looks like it. In the interview process, I think I'm consistent. I set proper expectations. I give them a lot of great incentives, but then they haven't seen it in action yet and they don't work for the company and they're understandably gun shy. So what I have to do is first get over that. My first core value is gain and maintain trust. And that's exactly what I do with all my people. I, I put in as much effort as it takes to gain and maintain trust with people in order to make sure that uh, they can thrive here. And they understand that uh, I am not BSing. Uh, this is a real thing. I am a good employer and you're never going to find anybody more empathetic more flexible that will give you the opportunity that I will give you. And I'm going to show you how I tie my compensation plans with benefits and a work week schedule and everything to a goal setting and review meeting to align incentives of the company. Uh, my personal belief is that the owner, project management, estimating, coordination, and the painters, there shouldn't be any disaligned incentives. If one person wins, it should be based on the winning of all the other people aligned wins. We want a one plus one equals three, not a one plus one equals two or one plus one equals one, which would be a bad idea. So, all right, here's the, here's the general, here's the general process I go through my rhythm for the year. What you're looking at here is my goal setting and review template tied to my compensation plan, which is right below it. Four times a year, I meet individually with every single person in my company, including my leadership team. And I even have my own goal setting and review meeting and review process that I have with my team. And we sit down and I want everybody to be able to do something to their pay and benefits as an increase every three months. And in my company, this is where it gets really crazy. In my company, we work a four day work week. And in 2022, in most years, there's about 200 or 201 working days. 201 is usually where it lands. So that means every quarter, we only ask people to work about 50 days. So in my company, in every 50 days you work here, give or take, uh, we have a whole bunch of different compensation plans. Most people can get a dollar an hour raise every 50 working days in my company if they stay here and hit our um, and hit our metrics. And it's a monstrous incentive. I follow through every single time. I've never not followed through. And we basically just uh, set it up so that when they win, I win. And when I win, they win. And that's a beautiful thing. So four times a year, it's an immense amount of effort. It's usually about a week of preparation, getting all the data together. Because again, when you talk about people's pay, people's benefits, things like that, you do not mess that up. You do not give mixed signals. You do not pitter patter. You do not half step. It has to be any compensation and benefit plan to me has to fall under the guidelines of it has to be simple. 
It has to be transparent and it has to be predictable. Simple, which is it just has to be understood. If they, it, there has to be a connection to, I did good on this job, something else happens to me. It has to be transparent because it can't be like, well, I'll tell you if you're getting a raise or not, or a bonus or not, but I'm not gonna show you how it goes into computation. That is not okay. Uh, and it has to be uh, predictable. Um, if they do really, really good, they should get really, really good pay and benefits. If they do okay, good, they should get okay pay and benefits. And those feelings and the data should align. Four times a year we do this. Oh my God, I see your questions here. Uh, I will get to them in just a second. Um, okay, so what you're seeing here is my goal setting and review template. Um, I uh, This is a living document. It's a, it's a G sheet. So it follows the person along from their first day all the way into the future. We keep updating it. And uh, uh, the really smart thing uh, that we do is we have a compensation plan right here where we lay out the first four years of somebody's uh, time here. If you come to me with no formal education, no formal training, never having painted before. If you're a decent human being and share my core values, we're gonna start you off somewhere between 15 and $18 an hour. And in four years, you're gonna be making over $32 an hour. Uh, you can move yourself from a compensation plan of maybe low to mid to high 40s in your first year to somewhere between 70 and $75,000 a year in four years working for me. I am a demanding business owner. I'm a demanding master craftsperson, but I'm a supportive business owner. I'm a supportive master craftsperson. We pour our emotional bandwidth, our treasure, our resources, our time, uh, our mental bandwidth into people and in a way that I've not seen any other employers do. And for years and years and years, I have either not said anything about that or I've apologized for it, but we are not apologizing for that anymore. We definitely genuinely care for our people and we're not going to apologize for it anymore. And, uh, in a, in a business like mine, in a trade like ours, we are demanding, but we're supportive. And uh, if you don't meet our standards, that's fine. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. It just might mean you're not good for me or this business or this trade. Uh, but we don't take any of that personally. Um, we want people who share our core values to do amazing things with their life and have time and money freedom. So what you're seeing here, every one of these little things is a year. Year one, year two, year three, year four. I break it down in this uh, blue column Every three months, about every 50 working days, here's the wage you get if you meet our standards in the company. And what are those standards? Number one, in your first year, what you're going to see here is there's some actual painting tasks in yellow. After your first year, all that you do is have to meet three basic standards, which I'll get there in a second. Number one, uh, in your first year, in your first three months, I want you to, uh, there's a highlighted box there. I will zoom in for you. I want you to be here for 500 hours. If you signed up for a full-time job in my company, you're signing up for a 2,000 an hour a year job, which means you're going to work for 50 weeks, 40 hours a week. Now, we are insanely flexible, right? And we have a four-day work week. So 45, if you work 2,000 hours, if you work a standard 40-hour work week, take two weeks off, you will have put in 2,000 hours. You also, in my company, would have had 45% of all of your time off in a year. Full-time paycheck, everything else. So we want you to be here for that. We want you to prep and de-prep uh, our projects autonomously. So when we say prep a bedroom, you should be able to do that at the end of your three months. 
Jump sheet, project plan, 3 p.m. update, and pictures. These are things that fall under the category of updates. We need a certain amount of data and things from you in the field if you're a craftsperson or an apprentice in my company, and you have to be Johnny on the spot with those things. They're simple. Take a picture of something and send it to us. It's not, uh, not the end of the world. And this is the fun one, the four-hour bedroom. We have that uh, famous test bedroom. Uh, in our shop. And we train hard on it in our apprenticeship pro program. In fact, somebody's first week or two in the company is actually in our training facility training on that. And uh, before their first three months are over, they come in and they do a four hour bedroom test where they're timed. Uh, we put some wall damage in there and we rate them at the end on callbacks and things like that. Uh, and then you can see um, we cascade. We have uh, added things that we would like them to do. So these skills build on one another in your, oops, sorry. In your second three months, we want 75% of your projects to hit their budget. That's a big one, folks. That's a big one. Uh, we want you to do large wall projects. So large wall projects would be something bigger than a bedroom and a bathroom. It would be a stairwell, a foyer, a great room, or multiple bedrooms and bathrooms together. Because everybody can drink nine bang energies and go in our test room and do one bedroom in under four hours. But can you do one on site? in a client's purview or do a whole day or a whole week worth of wall painting projects and still get those under budget to our standards. That's a big thing. Then we're gonna want some sprayer operation and cleaning. Between six and nine months, we want you to be able to have the ability to paint cabinets alone and paint trim alone. And then, this is awesome. Uh, by the time you're done with your first year in my company, I want you to have the ability to lead a crew. And it doesn't mean we kick people out of the nest. It means that we, have the, we want people to have the ability. And um, at, the, at somebody's 12-month graduation point, we actually trade in uh, their, their standard T-shirts and we get them a customized embroidered polo with their name on it, signifying that they are now a craftsperson. We also go downtown, we get them a pair of fresh red wing, red wing boots. And now it's that old military sort of thing where it's like different badges or different things on your uniform signify achievements and things. Same thing in my company, which is uh, we change your uniform to let everybody else know that you have earned this. You've put in a year. You are good at this. And then after that, we'll go up to the top here. I'm going to zoom out a little bit so you can see the whole thing. All right. There we go. All right, so what you're seeing here is anybody who's here after a year only gets rated on these three things. I used to rate people on like 13 to 18 different things, and uh, it got to be a lot. I like immense sort of things, but I also like accuracy. But in the end, if it's not serving a purpose, I want people to be happy. I want them to have wins, but we also have to be uh, do good for our clients and then also uh, do good for the company. So what I've, what I've set on here, why don't we go 75? Uh, let's go. There we go. Get it all in there. Okay. So basically what I settled on is attendance, project budgets, and then updates. And it seems simple, right? Like, hey, you just need to be here. Like you can see, we have a, a, um, a stoplight system. You're either red, green, or yellow. This is an unfilled out one. So everything is by default yellow. What you're seeing here is the goal for the quarter is 500 hours. Uh, in that particular quarter, there was 510 possible hours. There were 51 working days. In a year there, we want you to work 2,000 hours. In this year, 2022, there is 2,010 possible working hours. Even if you take, even if you take the last week of the year off, which is between Christmas and New Year's, you still have your two weeks off. It's a four-day work week. And then, uh, yeah, you work just 50 weeks, 40 hours a week, give or take. So we rate that. If they, if they hit their 500, they get a green right here. 
And for my company, you either hit it for the quarter or you hit it for the year. I don't care. Let's say you don't hit it for the quarter, but you did a whole bunch of overtime in the previous quarter to make up for a vacation or something else, and you hit it for the year. That's all I care about, that you're on track to hit your 2000 for the year. And so if you do, great, you get a green. And that's one, one step closer to a raise. You get three greens in my company for attendance, budgets, and updates. You get a raise every 50 working days. Project budgets. Here's the thing that takes data, folks. Uh, every single project that people do, we track. And I'm going to show you exactly what that looks like. And 75% of them either have to hit budget or have to hit the gross profit goal in our company. So why both? Number one, a budget is a predictor of how many hours we think it's going to take based on past data and experience to get that job good. We set that budget formula up. It'll actually spit out. You put in a uh, you put in a, a project budget, uh, how much you sold the project for, and it'll spit out a number of hours we would like that to get done in to maximize the quality of our finish, but also make money for the company because that's important too. And um, that's a predictor though. Uh, we set it up so that if you hit the budget, it's guaranteed to hit our gross profit goal. But there's going to be a little wiggle room depending on how much material and labor uh, was used in there. And projects change too. There's time and materials, there's change orders. Now, the gross profit goal, um, this is from the job costing. You guys know my favorite thing on earth. Job costing is a beautiful art to me. And I'm going to show you mine in a little bit how we do this. Uh, we have a very distinct way, uh, a very simple way of tracking job costing. And then uh, we basically take all the jobs we did. I think we did 150, 160 jobs this last quarter. And we basically uh, search and query them by the employee's name. We aggregate them together, and then we figure out how many of those jobs hit the gross profit goal. So if 75% hit the budget like this, you get a green or, and both would be nice too. But if, if all those jobs also hit uh, the GP goal, you get a green. And again, with attendance, show me one green and you get a green for that competency. Show me one green, either budget or GP, and you get a green for that. And then jump sheet. Jump sheet is our work order. Um, it feeds our job costing. You can see how this all connects together. Job costing is nothing more than tracking material and labor. And one thing that we require, require from our people is that you track yours and you track the amount of paint used. And we have double, triple verifications for all this. We know what it is internally, but we also need you to put it into this worksheet. And that's our jump sheet, our work order. And if you do that, 95% unprompted, you get a green. Project plans. Every morning at 8 a.m., somebody on each crew has to post a project plan. What are we going to do today? What are we going to do tomorrow? What are we going to do to the end of this project to get this thing at least 10 to 20% under budget? And if they post that every day by 8 a.m., they get a green. Data point on how humans are interesting. These used to be spreadsheets that people would fill out on their phone, and only about 10% of our people ever complied with it. Um, and so after six months of kind of beating my head into a table saying, what are we doing? Like, I know there's friction with filling out spreadsheets on your phone. We reverted back to Sharpie marker and paper. So literally I will go to job sites. We'll rip off a four foot section of floor paper. We'll tape it to the wall and we'll take a Sharpie. And there's just a quick template that we make about what happens today. What happens tomorrow? What happens till the end of the job? What do we need to do? What do we need to get? Uh, and what questions do we have? And then it's basically a list where we list out the budget hours. We make a plan. We label who does what. And we put hours in there, uh, hours for the, each person. And it takes, uh, sometimes it takes as little as five or 10 minutes. Sometimes it'll take 45 minutes because it's a, a six-week project, things like that. And you really got to think about the process. But uh, yeah, that's our, that's our project plan. Now we have 100% compliance after we went back to paper versus spreadsheets. And now we have the data. 
and it's beautiful. And uh, again, it's just how humans work. Uh, a simple system, humans will comply with it. 3 p.m. updates. There is a template. We need a couple things at 3 p.m. every day. One of the magical things that my company does is uh, get their schedule out every day, but uh, probably by four o'clock. And we have a beautiful, simple schedule. We're never texting people at 530 in the morning saying, quick, you need to go here. At 3 p.m., every single crew gives us an update on their project. Here's how many hours in the budget. Here's how many we used. Here's the percentage of the budget we used. Here's the percentage of the project that we got done. Now we can see how much of the project is done versus how much of the budget was used. And then they list out the major accomplishments for that day. They're predicting by the end of the day. And then uh, my two project managers sit together for an hour and they talk about all the variables in the project and they either adjust the calendar or leave it alone and post the schedule for the next day by 4 p.m. And it's a beautiful system. And then simple before and after pictures. In order for us to have data, if a client calls us up on a Friday when none of our people work in and say, hey, what got done here this last week? We can actually look into some of the pictures and say, well, uh, by our thing, we're looking at the project plan. It says they finished this room. I'm seeing pictures of a finished room. Yeah, it is. Or if somebody says, hey, uh, you guys forgot to hang up a picture on the wall or something, we'll say, well, number one, we don't hang pictures, but number two, it's on the wall. We actually have an after picture of it, something like that. So uh, before and after pictures are very beneficial to us. You get three greens, you get a raise for me in my company. And what it looks like is um, uh, this has uh, been in uh, flux in a lot of years. Uh, as we become uh, more professionalized and more profitable, I amplify uh, this um, compensation package. This used to be a six-year plan to give you about the same money. I compressed it into four. And uh, we also have the somebody to get the ability of uh, $8,000 of raises every year if they hit those simple benchmarks like that in the company. Six months into it, uh, we also uh, offer them benefits. We have gold label health insurance. We have retirement with matching. And we also have paid time off that accrues. Um, one of the weird uh, sort of benefits of my company as well, uh, it's super sneaky, is um, uh, we pay lunchtime. We don't pay for lunch. You bring your own food. But we do pay for that half an hour for you every day. And that equates to about 110 hours of paid time off every year. We get some people that say, well, Nick, you don't you don't pay. You don't have paid federal holidays off. And I will say, if I paid for all the federal holidays for you to have off, you would have way less money and time and benefits than if I paid for all your lunches. So paid lunches is like a thing that not many people do. Uh, and you kind of have to take the time to explain it to people because paid federal holidays feels feels a lot better than paid lunches. But paid lunches can be 30 to 40 hours more paid time off than federal holidays. And I've done this for 15 years. So this is not something that I was super smart and, and schemed up a plan to make a really cool benefit over the last few years. I've done this for 15 years in my company. I have never once had somebody punch out for a lunch in 15 years in hundreds of thousands of labor hours. So that's really interesting to me. It's a weird thing that not many people do. It's a sneaky benefit. Now, here's what, here's what the sheet looks like where we track everybody's projects. So uh, like I said, we have, let me get, we had 158 projects. I'll go back to that tab later and show you guys an update on our quarter. We had 158 projects last year and I parse out everybody's projects and then we figure out how many hit the budget versus how many hit our gross profit. And you can see I shade all the jobs purple for uh, this employee. And then I can actually create a filter where it filters out all the purple jobs and it aggregates them on one spreadsheet. And then it's basically a counting game. How many projects did this person do? How many hit the budget? How many uh, hit GP? Um, for um, uh, 
for the attendance, we have a timekeeping app where I can just run a report on somebody and we can just figure out uh, here's two dates. Give me the amount of hours they work. So that's super simple. And the rest of the updates that comes from my team. My team gives them green lights, yellow lights or red lights on those things based on their compliance with all that stuff. So that's how we do it. This is all just job costing right here, folks. So if you don't job cost, it is going to be very, very difficult to compensate your people with uh raises, bonuses, et cetera, if you don't have this, because then it's just a feelings-based thing. Otherwise, what are you bonusing them on? Some feeling or some esoteric sort of thing? And it doesn't work out very well. Uh, pay has to be simple, predictable, and transparent. And job costing is it. Job costing is absolutely it. So let's go to our dashboard. This is what my job costing looks like. I do it in a different color so I can see the difference in it. But this is basically all our job costing um, for quarter three. And you can see every purple line is a week. Uh, between purple lines is every job that gets completed. Uh, not every job gets completed every week. These are, we only job cost a job when it is done. You can see the greens meet our standards and the reds for some reason do not meet our standards. And this is where we review these every single week in the company. And then we do a earn or learn sort of segment, which is like what particular thing made something on that job not meet our internal standards. We identify the problem, we discuss it, and then we solve it together as a team. And uh, that is uh, another one of our core values, constant improvement, because I want to show you this. We took in quarter two of this year, the second set of three months, uh, only 65% of our projects hit our internal benchmark. We had a whole bunch of new people and we're chugging along and we're doing amazing work, but it wasn't as profitable as I'd like it to be. So we started doing active leader, active leadership and active planning where we'd show up on site with our paper, we would make a plan and then we'd hold people accountable to that plan. And I am happy to tell you that 20 to 25% more projects hit that internal benchmark because of that effort by the entire team and by my entire staff of people, including all the painters. So now this last quarter, 85.4% of all of our projects hit our internal benchmark. Uh, we did 158 projects. Uh, we brought in about uh, $811,000. Our average job size for produced job is about $5,100, which is different from our average job size for sales. Um, yeah. It was a it was a really fun sort of uh, it was a really fun sort of year here. So, uh, yeah, what we did was uh, we also track. You can see here. I'm not going to give you particulars because this is my people's pain and, and benefits and everything else. But we also track every single person's estimators or project managers um, contributions of the company. We track how many jobs have their names on them, either as estimator or project manager. And then we. Um, yeah. And then we. Uh, uh, then we bonus them based on how many jobs hit gross profit. And uh, it's an amazing, uh, it's amazing spreadsheet that we have. Uh, it lists out every single job and we actually calculate how much good revenue that they brought into the company. And I give them a percentage of it uh, based on their tenure, their experience and their negotiated rate uh, that differs for everybody. But yeah, it's a, it's an amazing process. And uh, yeah, we hand out some monster bonus checks to people uh, when they do amazing work. So that's always been a lot of fun, but we, uh, we gather a whole bunch of data in the company. Uh, one of the interesting things is to track like, um, interior versus exterior stuff. So we did, we almost had a 50, 50 split, uh, this last time with interior and exterior, which is pretty cool based on revenue and the number of jobs. So we did about 86 versus 72 jobs, interior versus exterior. And yeah, we only had a very small percentage of them, 15% and 12% not hit our internal benchmark. And sometimes that can be a 10th of a percent off and things like that. So that's actually pretty cool. Um, yeah, so that's basically how we calculate that. 
back to the GSR. Let me go back to, uh, come on, faster, faster. All right. There we go. Back to this guy here. So number one, in summary, uh, we have this track for every single person. We actually just keep this as a living document and every quarter we update it with all their competencies and their pay and things like that. So we don't have to remake everything. Uh, and it's a simple sheet that kind of follows them along their entire career here, which is pretty cool. So, all right, I'm going to leave this up for a second and let's see what questions we got here. Oh man. Wonderful, everybody. This is so, so fun. Uh, I am. So typically what I do is um, I have almost an entire week of this getting ready for this. It actually takes a lot of work. It's very simple, but I have 27 direct reports at the current moment when our, when we slim down in the winter here. And I have to do uh, every one of these things for 27 people. Uh, and uh, it takes a long time to calculate some of this stuff to make sure it's accurate. But what it is, it's uh, it's just beautiful. So Parker, my man, Question, uh, when you hire more and more people as your company grows, do you notice interpersonal distance grows? Does having more employees make it harder to connect on a deeper level with them? How does that relate to when it comes to goal setting? Yes, uh, it absolutely does. I'd be lying if I said it didn't. Now, there's a um, there's a way where you can, you can be a force multiplier, which is something uh, Parker's a military man. Uh, you know, you know what that means. A machine gun is a force multiplier. It doesn't shoot one bullet. It shoots hundreds of bullets like that. It multiplies the force of one human. Um, we do lots and lots of social events. So um, one of the things, though, to remember is that one happy hour or one pizza party or one axe throwing event does not create good culture. It's one sort of a thing that we call an artifact. It's a thing you can touch and feel of your culture, but it's not the culture. And sometimes it doesn't even move towards a better culture. Daily interpersonal connectedness. Um, showing up face-to-face -face with food, high-fiving, giving some advice is even better than a pizza party. But being a truly genuine, empathetic human, a strong leader with a vision, share that vision, and then be there every second of your people's days. Anything they need, any time of the day, they know they have a support system there in you. Now, there is a, there's a professional line we have to keep, obviously. And I, I am very good at keeping that professional line. But also knowing that there is a support system 20 seconds away on Slack. At any time they need, we're there for them. We're there for them. And that truly builds culture because they know they are not left to the wind. They have the most amazing support system they're ever going to find in a business. And uh, again, I'm not apologizing for that. We are genuinely really good at that. It is us. It is our culture. It is our values. And it's easy to live it constantly when it is that deeply ingrained inside of you. We are natural people pleasers. We have to do it in a professional way. <coughs> <coughs> but it can be done. So Parker, it's uh, the unsatisfying answer is genuinely being an empathetic, strong leader with a plan, holding the standards constantly, consistently without fail <laughs> or a pizza party <laughs> or both. What? No, it's not pizza parties. Uh, pizza parties don't hurt and food doesn't hurt, but it's way more than that, Parker. And you know that I appreciate it. It's almost like a rhetorical question here. So Mr. Rick, <laughs> uh, Rick, uh, I believe I just sent you this template and everything else. So you're getting a personal uh, walkthrough of the entire thing uh, that we just sent you. So uh, I think that is going to be it for me today, folks. Um, 
I usually take the Friday after a, a, a week of goal setting. Uh, I go through four sprints a year. We do prep for recruiting, recruiting. We get some people in, we train them in there. We have a week off to gather data. We do goal setting and review meetings, company kickoff, and then we have a big happy hour. And then we basically go on for about two and a half months again in regular time and just produce. Today is the end of one of those sprints. We do that about four times a year. I normally take that time to have some deep, deep, slow thoughts on a Friday morning. I take it very easy. I, I don't schedule many appointments for myself. I like to sit in my home office. I like to look out at my farm and I like to kind of um, think about the last quarter and really, really just like let the new quarter solidify inside me. We have a goal for every quarter and this is what we're going to do. And I have to focus and I have to start getting myself in the mindset of being the leader that these people need from me uh, in order to be confident, assertive, hold the standards, be empathetic, but supportive and demanding at the same time. So yeah, uh, Friday, this day was a very introspective day for me. I usually take that off to do a whole bunch of soul searching and things like that. And it was awesome. It was awesome. My people got some major, major wins and we celebrated in a way we have not uh, in a lot of times. Uh, we've been building, we've been aggressively growing. We've been pushing the limits of our finishes, of the concierge level care we can give to clients. And it's really coming together. Our people are really putting it together. They're being consistent. They're being awesome. Uh, they're taking care of our clients in such a special way. It's just this concierge level of service that you don't see in hardly any other business. And again, I am so proud of our people for that. And I am so looking forward to quarter four and then uh, 2023. 2023 is going to be a monster. It is going to be so much fun to be in this industry doing this thing with these people. So I am genuinely looking forward to this. So I will say this, everybody, Mr. Travis, how are you, sir? I have one of your coffee mugs here in my uh, in my office. Um, again, if you want uh, this template, this GSR template, email me nick at nickslavic.com and I will send you bars because I want this industry to professionalize. And I want you to take care of your people uh, the way that we take care of ours so that we can bring in the brightest minds in the industry uh, to this. Uh, so with that, um, I will remind you that uh, Minnesota Masters class, Minnesota Masters class at the Great Cold World Headquarters, November 4th, Nebraska Masters class, November 18th, Ohio Masters class, December 2nd, and Michigan Masters class, December 9th, folks. There's gonna be a whole bunch of stuff coming up. It is pheasant opener tomorrow and you will see me and the puppy sig out there chasing down our pheasants on our farm you will see um youth deer hunting uh season is next week too so i'm taking out little gator boys surfer boy uh my oldest daughter nugget my littlest daughter pookie and we're going to be sitting in that luxurious deer blind with the uh with the carrera marble and the travertine tiles on the wood stove and uh enjoying some time as a family and and then pretty soon it'll be ice fishing season it's snowed today in minnesota it's Oh, it's so early, but it's snowed today. So we're going to have an absolute blast. Um, but tonight is a time for me to celebrate with my family. I've been traveling. I have been under the gun with apprenticeship, recruiting, GSRs. And we are going to get some pizzas. And we are going to sit down and probably watch a Star Wars and just enjoy tonight and just celebrate. It was, it was a great quarter with great people. And man, this is fun, people. I hope you're having as much fun as I am out there because it is a very special time to be in this industry. So thank you guys for all watching. I obviously will be monitoring this later uh, so we can uh, so we can answer any questions. And of course, as always, guys, you know, I'll give you everything I have. Nick at NickSlavic.com. So, all right, folks, you have a good rest of the weekend. Take care of your people and let's change the industry.
Paint Ed podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and is made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPaintEd.org.